0: Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Siege of History. This is a new series I'm starting, where I'll be discussing history of fine, interesting, as well as breaking down the walls of history. And what better history to break down the walls with than the role of the media in the American civil rights movement. Before I get started, I just want to say some words have been changed in the quotes, as not to offend people. I think you can still understand what I'm discussing without those particular words. So, anyway, I hope you enjoy my podcast on the role of the media in the civil rights movement. The civil rights movement can be defined as the struggle to end institutionalized racism and segregation. The time period this falls into is up for debate, however. Some historians say it's the Montgomery bus boycott in 55 to King's assassination in Memphis in 68, or even earlier to the Voting Rights Act in 65, whereas some have traced the civil rights movement beyond Montgomery, beyond Brown versus Board of Education, and beyond even World War II, to the Great Depression, where Harvard-Stickhoff argues that the seeds that were later bear fruit were planted. However, the question really is what changed, what brought the rights of African Americans to the centre of US politics at such a scale that hadn't been seen since the Civil War? To answer it, you need to look at those fighting for the cause and what they were doing. A majority focused on mass, nonviolent direct action, following as Gandhi had. In 53, blacks in Baton Rouge, Louisiana organised a short lived bus boycott, and only two years later the Montgomery Bus Boycott began. This signaled a new phase of struggle, although there wasn't one monolithic type of movement at one time, and it switched between tactics. Many people were trying many different tactics all at once, but clearly this pacifistic strategy was effective and would only grow in popularity. The peaceful protests laid bare the violence and oppression when they courted it, and it was made so clear because it was covered in the media. People in Montgomery, who had been a community and had undergone oppression, had it proved to them that they had the power and could disarm their opponents. Doug McAdam encapsulates my point perfectly as he argued that the civil rights movement arose when southern blacks took the initiative and mobilised their own organisational resources rather than wait for outside support. The movement wouldn't have grown as much as it did though without its exploitation of the media. If it didn't capture the attention of the American people using newspapers, radio, TV etc. it wouldn't have had such a following. It allowed the oppression that African Americans were facing to be brought into the living rooms of people all over the US and therefore people of all races and class could question the morality of racism. I'm not saying the media was what created the civil rights movement of the 50s to the 80s. I'm saying it was was the catalyst that kept the fire burning and still does to this day. Just look at how the Black Lives Matter movement took over the news and social medias like Twitter and Instagram, with hashtags and trends such as Blackout Tuesday. Therefore, I'll be discussing how the role of the media in the civil rights movement developed through the period. The use of media in civil rights goes back to when the seeds were planted. The New Negro movement and the Harlem Renaissance worked to change the way African Americans were viewed. They believed if African Americans could have great achievement in art and literature, and even sports, such as the basketball team, the Harlem Globetrotters, they could use those avenues of media to be seen as human. They thought things would change, however, the Great Depression would put a halt to that for 30 years. Leading figures of the 50s and 60s civil rights movement have stated that they themselves were influenced by the media to join the cause. Rosa Parks has stated that when she refused to get up from her seat on a city bus in Montgomery, she thought of Emmett Till. Emmett Till was a 14-year-old African-American who was lynched in Mississippi in 55 after being accused of offending a white woman in a family's grocery store. She thought after thinking of him, she just couldn't go back. Till's whistle would also be heard by Martin Luther King Jr., King has stated that Till's case serves as an intimidation tactic to keep black people away from the voting polls. Emmett Till's photographs serves as an important tool in rallying early support in Alabama for the civil rights movement. Emmett Till's mother purposely asked the photographer to take and publish the photos so that people could see the horrors of racism in the South. The images would haunt the viewer. One dialogue said that they couldn't wish away Emmett Till's face. The horrific death masks of his erased features marked the site that they ignored at their peril the sight of a grievous wound, wound unhealed because unattended, the final line being key to understanding the psyche of those influenced enough to join the civil rights movement, trying to heal the nation of its wound called racism. African-American viewers saw in the Till photographs not only the brutality of white racism, but also the efficacy of photography and the mass media as tools in political campaigns, helping to catalyze the growing civil rights movement in the United States. The Montgomery bus boycott is therefore a direct consequence of Emmett Till's photographs. It was a long and difficult struggle in which the black population of the city took on the entire white power structure in the year-long battle and won. It was the most important confrontation of the decade in which blacks showed the world and themselves the unity and sacrifices that they were capable of. It inspired blacks to challenge white supremacy elsewhere and was a turning point in the emergency of the new Negro and the eclipse of the old. It became another unifying point for blacks in Montgomery, but also for blacks across the nation, as the media spread coverage of the event. Then there's the sit ins of the 60s. They've become synonymous with the acceleration of the civil rights movement in the United States. Many attribute the Greensboro sit ins with the transformation of the movement from a local or more southern base to a national campaign for the equal rights of Americans of colour. When you analyse them, you can see many performance techniques. This is because they were attempting to provide their oppressors with a scene that the media could capture. Papers like the Washington Post and the New York Times reported on the sit-ins. In March 1960, the Washington Post reported that Governor Collins of Florida felt it was wrong for stores to do business with Negroes and should refuse to serve them at lunch counters. Earlier on in February 15, 1960, the New York Times stated that the sit-in movement reflected the growing dissatisfaction with the slow pace of desegregation in the schools and other public places. Then you've got the Freedom Riders, who were brutally attacked in Birmingham, Alabama by the KKK in their attempt to protest Southern racism. The city's commissioner of public safety, Bill Connor, who had tipped them off to the KKK, only let himself be used by the media as a symbol of Southern racism. Young CBS reporter Dan Rather, who was in Birmingham covering the story, was told by Connor, "'What the hell are you over here "'wanting to give all these Negroes more publicity. "'All you see here is a bunch of smart-ass Negroes.'" In Bull Connor, the Freedom Riders had engaged an enemy whose tactics were so open and callous that most white Americans became sympathetic to the civil rights cause. President John F. Kennedy summed up Connor's influence when he said, "'The civil rights movement should thank God for Bull Connor. "'He's helped it as much as Abraham Lincoln.'" Martin Luther King's 1963 I Have a Dream speech would be listened to by 250,000 people at the Lincoln Memorial with millions watching on TV. This would be the peak of the civil rights movement and it's only right that the media played a key role in making the event so big. The rest of the 60s would then go on to embrace the civil rights movement as the most key public figures such as Presidents Kennedy and Johnson worked to help the civil rights movement the civil rights bills of 64 and 65 wouldn't have been pushed through if, it, if the media hadn't repeatedly focused on the civil rights cause. However, the focus from the media also resulted in tragedy for the civil rights movement. John F. Kennedy, who was a key part in helping the civil rights movement in government, was assassinated in 63. Spokesperson for the nation of Islam, Malcolm X, was also assassinated in New York in 65, and Martin Luther King was assassinated in 68. Kennedy's assassination still helped the civil rights movement, as Lyndon Johnson would take over and continue Kennedy's civil rights bill. Many historians argue that it needed a strong-willed figure like Johnson to put the bill through Congress, and under Kennedy, it may not have gone through. Martin Luther King's assassination would, however, signal the definite end of the civil rights movement into a post-civil rights era. After King's assassination, the United States experienced its greatest wave of social unrest since the Civil War. 54 cities suffered at least $100,000 in property damage, with the nation's capital in Baltimore topping the list and approximately $15 million and $12 million retrospectively. Not until 58,000 National Guardsmen and Army troops joined local state and police forces did the uprising cease. The civil rights movement was slowed down with minor steps forward. This is because of a period of weak Democratic presidents, and a rising Republican presidents would begin, as well as a lack of strong leaders for the movement like Martin Luther King was. The media, however, would continue to push the civil rights movement forward. As the 70s would see the emergence of hip hop a widely popular and predominantly black music genre, Alex Hale's roots would be also become a bestseller, and black exploitation films would provide blacks with the opportunity to star in popular films despite showing stereotypical depictions of blacks with questionable motives. Moreover, in 1982, Thriller by black musician Michael Jackson would become the best-selling album of all time. So, clearly the media was very important for the successes of the civil rights movement. It catalyzed many events that were key for the progression of the movement. It influenced the leading figures. It helped unify the black community across all of America and continued the movement when it slowed down. Although it also played a role in the ending of the golden era of the movement with the death of Martin Luther King, it kept the fire burning through to modern day. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed that, make sure to follow me so you don't miss any of my upcoming podcasts. Bye.